We're going to get you all to stand for a wee moment, and we're going to just mark uh, this time of remembrance. And I just want to bring a little statement that's made all over the country at this time. Here's what it says. Uh, it's the, uh, the exhortation, words of remembrance by Lauren Binion. They shall not grow old as, that we, as we that are left grow old. Age shall not weary them, nor the years condemn them. At the age, at the going down of the sun and in the morning, we will remember them. Let's mark uh, men and women who laid down their lives for our spiritual and political and religious freedom. And as we do so, let's just mark this time in a moment, and then uh, we will play the last post, and then we'll, throw, and we'll mark at the end of this time with a word of prayer. Let's stand mo uh, for silence now.
Heavenly Father, we thank you that we have religious freedom because men laid down their lives against those who would seek to bring us into oppression. We thank you, Lord, for those who paid the ultimate sacrifice. And Lord, right up until this very day, there are those who are fighting for our freedom and our religious uh, practices here in this part of the world. Lord, we know that people from different arts and parts and many parts of the world, from different cultures, different ethnic uh, uh, directions, Lord, and came and laid down their lives against a common enemy. Lord, we thank you ultimately for the one who laid down his life for spiritual freedom. We thank you for him who bore our sins in his own body on the tree, who paid the ultimate sacrifice in his death, and his, his day uh, secured our living. And Father, we thank you for Jesus Christ. Lord, that sacrifice that was paid 2,000 years ago, Lord, with that one stroke of dying on the cross, he overcome all the enemy. We thank you, Lord, by his death and his burial, he took hell, sin, and the devil, and he left them buried when he rose again from the dead. We thank you that he conquered death, and he conquered the evil one. And dear God, we thank you that all men who will call upon the name of the Lord, and those, Lord, who will close in with the offer of mercy of Jesus Christ and his salvation, will know freedom and liberty and be delivered from the power of Satan and the darkness that he has encased and enclosed men into. So, Lord, we, uh, whilst we remember those who gave their lives for us, Lord, we remember him, the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who gave his life a ransom for many. And so, Lord, we pray that in this Remembrance Day, that as we're taken up with the uh, cost of war, Lord, help us to not forget the cost of our salvation. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Now you've been standing a wee while. We are going to stay standing for another couple of songs. I might let you sit down during the time. And if you feel like sitting at any time, please do so. Uh, the first, uh, first songs are a medley of three. And I want you to clap your hands or raise your hands and rejoice in the Lord's presence. And the first one is, I believe, Majesty.
psalmist said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall be continually in my mouth. Our next song is Blessed Be the Name of the Lord. run into the rock, and whenever you run into the name of the Lord Jesus, you'll always run into his goodness. That's the, that's the title of our next song, The Goodness of God.
dry me up here, we're going to sing, Our God is a Great Big God. That's a big part of the theme this morning, so all the help we can get, and those of you who haven't been up yet, come up and be, you, you never know what you get after the service if you come up now, all right? Our God is a Great Big God. We know the actions, don't we? Oh, we're down a number of the day, what's happened? I know there's still a few sitting in the congregation. Anyway, maybe one day we'll get you all up. Our God is a Great Big God. I love this song, and I love to see you adults struggling with the actions. That's the best part of it. All right. Thank you very much. If you don't, you know the action, don't you? Yes. You all know the action. Okay. Thank you very much. God is a great big God. Our God is a great big God. Our God is a great big God. And He holds us in His hand. Our God is a great All right, well, nevertheless, uh, thank you for helping us, boys and girls. I think they deserve a round of applause, don't they? All right, off you go to Sunday school. Enjoy Sunday school as much as you can, and I trust that you'll have a blessed time. And thank you, Sunday school teachers and those. By the way, just to remind you that we do have Bible class at half past ten every morning, and then Sunday school uh, always happens during the service. Youth club happens uh, every other Saturday, and tonight we have our youth fellowship, and Mark Brown will be speaking to the boys, to the, to the young folk at that service. By the way, I did ask you to pray for me on the Thursday night. I was going into uh, two schools. I had 155 uh, pupils at the Diamond uh, Assembly on Monday morning, and it was, I, I enjoyed it anyway. And then about 120 at the Senior Scripture Union in the afternoon in Ballyclare High School. Isn't that wonderful? And I have to say, God really undertook, so thank you for praying for that. It's good to minister into young people. That was the senior scripture union. They have a junior scripture union. They have 1,100 students. I was doing the maths. They have 1,100 students, and they have 120 at least on that Friday uh, Friday afternoon, and they probably have around 100 at the junior one. Doing the maths. About 20%, isn't it? Uh, and, and I thought it was wonderful. I thought it was a blessed time to be in amongst that and uh, to know the Lord's help. So thank you for praying. Let's, let's read together a few words before we, before we sing our next song coming to the communion table. And it's uh, uh, Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. I'm going to read from verse 11 to verse 18. I don't say much about these verses, just to 
uh, just to lay the foundation for uh, coming to the table. Uh, but Hebrews 10, verses 11 to 18. Every priest stands daily at his service, offering repeatedly the same sacrifice, which is same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God, waiting from that time until his enemies should be made a footstool for his feet. For by a single offering, he is perfected for all the time those who are being sanctified. And the Holy Spirit also bears witness to us for after, for after saying, this is the covenant that I will make with them. After those days, declares the Lord, I will put my laws on their hearts and write them on their minds. Then he adds, I will remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. One wee incident in County Cork, when Ephraim and I were there for the four years with the faith mission, we used to have to put the Christians out of the meetings to make room for the unsaved. People from different religious backgrounds came to those meetings. We thought it was normal for evangelism, but it was quite unnormal for evangelism, especially in that part of the world. We never once pulled down anybody's religious background. We never ever once criticized anyone for where they were brought up in. But there are people who said, I'm going to read, we're going to read the scriptures to prove you and Esther wrong. I'll never forget the day we were in this house. I'll tell you the man's first name was Faulkner. He says, we have been reading the Bible for the last nine months to prove that you and Esther are wrong. But he says, I happen to be reading through Hebrews chapter 10. And he said this, we got it wrong. You've got it right. He says, we sacrifice the body and blood of Christ every time we, uh, we come to church. He says, but this Bible tells me that Christ did it all once for all, forever. You know what had happened? The penny had dropped. You don't need to pull anybody's background down. Just exalt Christ. That's how he works in pulling down the strongholds as we thought about last Thursday. He works by pulling down those barriers that we have up in their preconceived notions and ideas and opinions. And then he reveals to us the truth. What barrier, if you're not able to take the Lord's, to remember the Lord today, if you're not able to enter in because of the fact that you haven't come to Christ as yet, what barrier is in your heart and mind? May I say to you, it'll be his grace and his mercy and compassion that will pull down the barriers and the strongholds of your life when you see someone who gives so much for you. That's why we're here and we come to the table. We're going to get you to stand and sing our next song, which is this, I cast my mind to Calvary. Stand and sing. Thank you, Janice.
you lead us in prayer, please? If you turn around and face the people that can hear you. Alistair's going to lead us in prayer. Thank you, Alistair. It's lovely to gather around the table and remember the Lord. Sense that he is pleased with our obedience to this command that he's given us to remember him. We want to remember others of our congregation. There is one prayer request this morning, or sorry, this afternoon now, for a lady called Barbara who's very, very ill with cancer. And we want to lift her and the family up before the Lord at this time. We want to remember all those, uh, our Jillian uh, service lost an aunt in this past week. And Jillian, we sympathize with you. I want to remind you that we've been praying for you and thinking of you and we want to uh, pray for the family at this time as well. And others who have recently come through the valley of the shadow of death. And those who are experiencing health issues. And of course, not to mention the troubles that are worth the sea. Someone said recently, this is probably one of the most dangerous times. If you look at it from a human perspective, that our world has ever been in. But we must always remember, he's on the throne. He is on the throne. Let's bow together in prayer. Let's pray. Father, as we gather together around your throne, we thank you that your ears ever open to our cry. You know all about us, Lord. You know the very number of hairs that are on our head. You know, Lord, the things that concern us, the things that trouble us, the things that disappoint us, Lord, the things that define us, the things that determine our actions and reactions. And, O oh God, we thank you that you stand with outstretched arm. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Come on to me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And Father, we come with our burdens, and we lay them at your feet just now. We ask, Lord, that as we gather in uh, to your, your feet, we pray, Lord, that you by your Holy Spirit will speak into our experience where we're at at this moment of time. And Father, we pray that we may be conscious Lord, that you have taken our burdens and you've got a handle on our burdens. We ask, Father, for this congregation. We're so thankful for it, Lord. We're thankful for what you're doing in lives. Lord, what you do in the church is determined by what you're doing in lives. And, oh, God, thank you for those who are, uh, who've come alive, who've, who've, who have a vision of God, from God, for what he wants to do in their lives, for their homes, their families, their community. And so, Father, we pray that nothing in us will hinder. Nothing, Lord, of men or traditions will get in the way of God today. We ask, Lord, that you will work. And amongst us, we ask. Lord, we pray for Barbara, that last lady that's, that's bad with cancer. Lord, we ask, oh God, that you will come to the family. And Lord, where there's no salvation, we ask, God, that you'll visit that home with salvation. Lord, where there's uncertainty, oh God, we pray that you'll come with absolute assurance. From the divine wisdom and knowledge of God, that inspiration that comes from God, we pray that you'll pour into hearts and lives, lives, Lord, the ability to tap into what God has, what God can do, what God has planned. Lord, perhaps in this service, Father, there are those who come out of tradition, maybe because it's a remembrance service, and yet, Lord, they don't know him. Oh, God, we pray by your Holy Spirit that you will work. Lord, take away the curtains tonight. Take away the obstacles, we ask. And grant, O oh God, that they might indeed close in with God's offer of mercy. Lord, we think of those young people we had the joy of ministering to on Friday. Thank you, Lord, for those children who, who eagerly heard the message of the sheep, uh, the lost sheep. Think of that student body who heard, Lord, the message of, of surrender and commitment to the will and the word and the ways of God. 
And we ask, Lord, that as we, you would follow home all these efforts, and by your Holy Spirit, we pray. Grant, Lord, that those who are facing health issues, and you know, we know there are some in this congregation, Lord, in this building that need, Lord, your healing touch. Lord, we pray that you'll draw near with assurance and grant them your peace. Lord, we think of uh, Gillian and the family, uh, the Fullerton family, Lord. We pray that they may be truly uh, comforted of God as they mourn the passing of, love, of a loved one. Thank you they've gone, uh, they've not gone away, they've gone home. Thank you they've gone into the nearer presence of God. And we pray, Lord, that you'll minister at this time. We pray too, Father, for your word as we turn to it shortly. We ask God that you'll open up to us the page. Lord, all we are, humanly speaking, are stammering tongues. Lord, without anything to offer in and of ourselves. And so we graciously invite the Holy Spirit. Lord, we open ourselves to his speaking voice. We make ourselves available to him. Lord, we pray, take us up and use us. Hide us behind the cross. May none be seen or heard but the grace of Almighty God. And Lord, we pray for the offering as we give it now. May it be given with a heart. Uh, full of desire to see God working in our community in these days. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. For the last month or more, there's been a little verse that's been really bubbling in my mind, and we've been trying to sing this song. Uh, this is the third meeting or fourth meeting, and we're going to attempt to sing it at the right tempo, with the right key and the right tune. I've got a river of life. Because if I haven't got the rivers uh, of the Spirit of God flowing through my soul, then you're going to be bored to, to death in this meeting. Isn't that right? Is that right? Because we're not here, we're, listen, we're not here with an intellectual exercise. But yet, well, it takes a little bit of intellect to, to uh, apply the word. We're here to hear from God, aren't we? Well, the other, the other thing about that is it can't be all one-sided, I've, I've learned. It has to be suicide. You give to me and I'll give to you. That's the way it works. Not a partnership. That's what I believe anyway. So I trust you've come with a river of life. Have you? Yeah. Uh, look at you. You look as if you're half dead. All right. <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> I've got a river of life. Remaining seated and the offering is going to be taken up for the first part of this song. Thank you very much. I've got a river of life flowing out of me Makes the lame to walk and the blind to see Speed up! That's the captive free I've got a river of life flowing out of me Spring up away within my soul Spring up away I've got a river of life flowing out of me Makes the lame to walk and the blind to see Makes the living door sets the captive free I've got a river of life flowing out of me Bring up a well within my soul Oh, well. 
Well, if every saint of God in the scriptures lived according to the way that you define failure as being final, there'd have been an awful lot of things that God wanted to do never done. Not right. An awful lot of things. When, when we think of David, when we think of Elijah, when we think of Jonah, and we think of Peter, if they had believed, believed in the philosophy that failure was final, then we wouldn't have seen Nineveh uh, see it. We wouldn't have the wonderful story of Peter preaching and where uh, thousands of people came to Christ. We wouldn't have the sweet psalmist of Israel. In fact, today, we'd have the sweet psalmist of Israel in jail and would have thrown away the key. Isn't that right? And sometimes people in gatherings and people in churches, when they see somebody failing and falling, that's their ministry over as far as they're concerned. Now, I would say this. There are some things that do bar us from ever being involved. I'm not going into them now. But I will say this. Sometimes we castigate and criticize and condemn some who perhaps failed miserably. But if they come in genuine repentance and faith and you see evidence and fruit of that genuine repentance, God says, accept them back in again. That's not my sermon. Let's get to, uh, get, get to Joshua chapter 7. I'm going to just read verse 10, and then I'm going to read the first three verses, and hopefully you'll get the gist of what it was, because Jer Joshua's after having his egg on his face, he's after failing in one of the, big, uh, one of the smallest battles, you would say. He's won a tremendous victory in Jericho, but now he's faced defeat and his, his confidence and assurance as a leader is laying in the doldrums. And God comes to his rescue. Boy, I love it whenever God comes to our rescue. Don't you? Here's what God said in Joshua chapter 7 and the verse 10. He said this. And the Lord said to Joshua, get up. Get up. Why have you fallen on your face? That's that verse. Now chapter 8 and verses 1 to 3. And the Lord said to Joshua, do not fear and do not be dismayed. Take all the fighting men with you and arise. Get up again and go to Ai. See, I have given you, I've given into your hand the king of Ai and his people, his city and his land. And you shall do to Ai as its king, and its king as you did to Jericho, and its king. Only its spoil and its livestock you shall take as plunder for yourselves. Lay an ambush against the city behind it. So Joshua and all the fighting men arose to go up to Ai. And Joshua chose 30,000 mighty men of valor and sent them out by night. Amen. And we trust that the Lord will bless that reading of his word. Someone sent me a text a number of years ago, and here's what it was. I don't know what the secret for success is, 
But trying to please everyone is a recipe for failure. I don't know what the secret for success is, but he says trying to please everyone is a recipe for failure. Now let's be honest today and say and acknowledge the fact that all of us have failed in some way or another. In fact, it's amazing that there's not uh, whole libraries full of books of how to overcome failure. How to overcome failure. No, you'll find plenty of books that deal with how to be successful. But you'll not get many books in any library. And I would challenge if you could one in your library, how to overcome failure. And I love it. Now, whenever we deal with and we look at God's word, he never airbrushes his people. You know what I mean by airbrush? Now you've got AI, artificial, and uh, uh, what is it, information? What is it? In, oh, that's it, uh, artificial uh, uh, information. Isn't that right? You keep me right. Uh, that's, why the Beatles, that's why the Beatles have made it to number one with a new album, because it's artificial what? Intelligence. I, I love it that God, see, you can make yourself look beautiful. Some of you young people, you've got an app on your phone, and you look as if you're like a pussycat. You know, the whiskers coming out. You ever, you ever do that? I see them do that all the time. I tell you, there used to be a group called Pussycat, not right. Uh, you can make yourself look with all these apps. God doesn't airbrush his people. He never flatters his saints. And I'm so glad today that God doesn't flatter his saints, because that gives me hope. And that gives me assurance and confidence because if the saints of God, and they're the most notable and, and, and most, no, uh, uh, most effective and successful in God. I mean, imagine God saying that David was a man after his own heart. Huh? A murderer, an adulterer, and everything else. I'm glad that I come to God and not to man's court. I'm glad I'm following a gracious God. And I'm glad today that he doesn't flatter and he doesn't airbrush and he doesn't paint over the cracks, but God exposes them because he knew that we could learn from their mistakes. That we could apply these truths to our hearts. These men that we've mentioned, David, Elijah, Jonah, Peter, and the many others before them, they, they, they were imperfect people who made a perfect mess of their lives, but they came to a gracious God, and he lifted them up, and he set them off, and off they went. But listen, fear of failure is almost as bad as failure itself. Once bitten, and sometimes, whenever people feel on whatever area or aspect they feel in, they become, well, they would say, we're being more careful. Make sure being more careful is not a cloak for fear. Because fear paralyzes. And if people are in a place where they're afraid and fearful to step out into the unknown, your vision could be stifled. Your gift could be quenched. Mind you, I will say this, because the word of God says, the gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. You know what that means? God never takes away his gift. He never takes it back. You, if you got a gift 10 years ago, 20 years ago, that gift is still yours. You're just not using it. And sometimes 
I can, I can tell you, many a time I walked down from the pulpit, and even since I came here, many a time I've walked down to the pulpit, I'm not going to preach again. I'm telling you. Because you condemn yourself more than anybody else condemns you. But people are very gracious at the door, aren't they? That was a great sermon. I knew my heart was definitely boring. You're just so good around Well, why was I not here 30 years ago? Sometimes, sometimes we condemn ourselves. Sometimes we categorize. I was preaching in, in that mission. By the way, thank you for preaching, at the, uh, uh, for, for praying for us for Friday night. I was up in, in, in Derry, Derry Gonley, up in the far side of Enniskill, for those of you who are at the prayer meeting. And what a blessed meeting we had. The presence of God was there in bucketfuls. Many of the time, we condemn ourselves and we, 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 we think we've done a bit. Well, Wednesday night, that's what I'm going to tell you. I was up there on Wednesday night. Was, was it Wednesday night? It was Wednesday night. Yeah, it was Wednesday night. And I said to Heather, who's, uh, we led to the Lord, and she's in the work up there. and uh, She's a lone ranger up there, and we thought we'd help her as much as we could. I said, Heather, it wasn't a hard meeting. I said, but it was one that you knew you had to work at. You had to think about everything you were saying. And it was that night that a husband and wife both indicated that they would like to know the Lord as their Savior. Sometimes, listen to me. Well, I know you are. I hope. Sometimes what we think are our most difficult and disastrous moments can be a time whenever God was really at work. So don't use the failure of the past to be a cloak. Don't cover it over. Don't cloak it over with being more careful. But allow God to re-energize that vision that he gave you all that time ago. Now we get into the story of Joshua and God telling him to get up. We notice first of all from about the caution from Joshua's failure. You see, don't let it get on top of you like it had with Joshua. I can imagine this young captain, this young man that has just met the Lord a few weeks ago beforehand on the other side of Jordan, who had met the captain of the army of the host of the Lord, and he was cocksure that God was going to fight for him in every battle, and he had nothing to do except just go with the flow. And now he's got egg in his face. He's after overcoming Jericho, massive big battle. They say that the walls of Jericho were so thick that you could have horse and cart races around the top of the wall. And you imagine he's after walking around the city. I better not interject too much extra information to the sermon. You never get out today. But as he walked around once every day for six days, indicating man's ability, which was useless. But how stupid it must have looked like. What's them boys doing running around Jericho? There they are the day again. And then on the seventh day, they do it. They've really lost their marbles. And you know what the liberals say? 
It was so many men marching around the walls of Jericho, it caused the ground to start to erupt, and that's what shook the walls down. We know better, don't we? God took them down. Because they blew the ram's horn, which is an indication of the trumpet of the gospel. And, and there was a, they were employing all the, all the means of the gospel of Jesus Christ as they marched around Jericho. But now he didn't think he needed to do the half of that. Who is AI after all? They're nobodies. And now he's got egg in his face. God quickly and urgently called Joshua to get on with life. Because he knew, God knows, the longer you leave it, the more ingrained and the more powerless we become. Take immediate action. Well, I think of different ones. Peter promised and boasted that he would never let the Lord down. And what was he? He's the ultimate in hypocrites. He denied the Lord with oaths and curses. God said to David, he was a man after his own heart. You need to remember, folks, that whenever you feel or fall, that we're dealing not with a God of instant judgment, we're dealing with a God of grace and mercy. And there might be someone listening to my voice who's almost thrown in the towel because of some failure in your home or in your life or in your ministry, or in your background, or in your family. How could I face the public again? You can, by the grace of God. By the grace of God. In God's hands, write this down on the tablets of your memories. In God's hands, no crushing defeat is a final defeat. You might be finished, but God ain't. Let me give you this wee verse. This has been a blessing to me. The steps of a good man are directed by the Lord. All right, we get that. He delights in each step they take. Right on there, isn't that good? If they fall, but hold on. My steps are ordered by the Lord. And I'm a good man. But he says, if they fall. Some people seem to think. Here's what some people think. Some people think that if you're a good man and your steps are ordered by the Lord that you'll never fall. But that verse does not say that. I'll repeat it to you again. It's Psalm 37, verses 23 to verse 24. The steps of a good man are directed by the Lord. Because God knows that whenever we go off path or we go off, 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 the, off the narrow road, God knows how to order our steps back onto the narrow road again. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. He delights in each step they take. If they fall, it isn't fatal. For the Lord holds them with his hand. I'm going to tell you a wee story about my week. I've been dying to tell you this story since I, since I uh, put this message together during the week. My wee grandson, Arthur. He's just, what was he one in, in July yesterday? Was that right? 14 months now. About 10 months, he was trying to make shape and walking. But he would crawl around, and then he would get himself up around the furniture. And then he would come up, and he'd crawl up to you, and he'd say, up, 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 and the two hands up in the air. So we thought we'd hurry up the process in him walking by taking him by the two hands. 
So the wee lad, there's me and him, and he's got his two hands, and we're walking along, and as time wore on, I was letting him take a wee bit more step. Four months later, he started to walk. So it was four months me walking around with his wee hands, every hands are way up in the air, and I'm walking around, and I would just let him trip now and again. Now, I wouldn't let him fall and hurt himself, because he would fall to the ground, but I still had him by the hand. Now he's walking, and he's running around the house, like this. Because, because I was holding them by the hand. Maybe that's the way we need to, in our minds, walk around the house. My hands are in God's hands. And he might let you fall, but he'll pick you up again. You want to see him? It's comical. I should have taken a wee video of him. That's exactly what God is saying here. I've got you by the hand, and I will lift you up again. And Joshua, don't you let the AI de, uh, determine your direction. Don't you let AI define who you are. Because my conquering Savior determines who I am. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And we need not stay fallen. But he lifts us up again. And don't let the devil or the, or the enemy of your soul condemn you. But my dear friend, ask, allow God to pick you up again and bring you into the battle because you have finished the battle far too soon. Far too soon. That's the caution. Everyone stumbles. The difference is in the response. Many stumble into sin. Then most stumble after they sin into the sin. They stumble into the pit of guilt. And after they have stumbled into the pit of guilt, this, the only way back is to stray back into the arms of God. Pitch your tent on the promises of God. There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. Verse 4. They, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Dear friend, there is no future in the past. And there's no future in dwelling in the past. Learn that from the one who felt his ministry of leading the people of God into the promised land. As God said, get up and get going. Here's the second thing, the cure for Joshua's failure. You'll find that in the verses 1 and 2 of chapter 8. Joshua's first attempt to take Ai, that little village, was just plain too cocksure of himself. That's what was wrong. Jericho, he must have got it into his head a wee bit. You see, God, as I said to you, God doesn't airbrush his saints. He doesn't flatter them. So something has happened in the mind and the psyche of, of Joshua. Somehow, he must have thought it was his leadership. If you remember, God told him to walk around the city six times. And on the seventh day, God told him to walk around seven. So he's working under the instruction of God in that first battle. But where do you find him taking instruction from God from AI? Somehow he suddenly changed and now he sent spies in to see AI. He was cocksure that he could take AI without seeking the Lord. 
And that is a good recipe for failure. Seeking to take something. Isn't it interesting that we're always more aware of the danger of something that's big and mammoth. But we're never so sure of the little thing that's insignificant. Now, where had they gone wrong? Well, those of you who are scholars of the Bible, you'll know this, that before they went into Jericho, God had initiated, listen for this to be, this is a theological term, the law of the ban. So everything was to be destroyed for the glory of God. It was to be burned as a sweet-smelling offering to the nostrils of God. But somebody took a wee bit of... Here's what someone said, and I can't remember when I read it, where I read it, how long ago it was. But they, they got defeat out of the jaws of victory. Because Achan took some of the Babylonian garments, and he took it home and hid it under his stuff. Or he hid it in his religious activity. And Joshua wasn't aware. And God had departed. God had a lesson to teach this young commander. He should, and and by the way, did you notice, as I think on my feet, did you notice that Achan didn't stand out as being the man that would be guilty? They had to go through a whole process. That tells me something about Achan. He mustn't have been a bad creator. He must have had a reasonable uh, reputation. You see, listen, I know some of you policemen, did you know that whenever a crime happens in Balamina, you you get the usual suspects, isn't that right? This man wasn't a suspect. Which puts a wee bit of pressure on Joshua now which puts a wee bit of pressure on us elders, and I'm only a preaching elder, which puts a wee bit of pressure on you deacons, but puts a wee bit of pressure on you godly fathers, and it puts a little bit of pressure on you godly mothers. Make sure that you're pressing yourself and your family into holiness. Make sure you don't become lackadaisical in your walk. Make sure you don't presume that somehow because of Calvary, or sorry, because of, of, your, of, of your salvation 20 years ago or 30 years or 40 years ago, that it's all clear, plain sailing, that sins past, present, and future are all dealt with. Well, they are past and present. But I want to tell you, be very careful when you plan and falling into sin. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Joshua should have been more thorough in, in, in coming to his army and, 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 and at least encouraging them to walk in the ways of holiness and to obey the Lord. However, he's fallen. And being the commander, he's now responsible. And wonderfully, we find God reaching out to Joshua. And he said, this time, Joshua, let's do it again. Only borrow the words of that song, do it my way. Do it my way. Joshua didn't need to be told twice. The king of Ai is still strutting in his victory from from victory number one, and he thinks he's strutting now into victory number two. And as I've already said, the first attack was all Joshua's 
ideas. The second attack is going to have God with them. It's God's instruction. What does that tell me? It tells me about preparation. We live in a day, certainly within Pentecostal circles, that, well, you don't need to prepare. It'll just come to you. We just act on spontaneity. There's a man, I'm not going to say where, because you'd know exactly where it was, but I'm not going to say it. But there was a man every day, and this was in Pentecostal circles. I'm not blaming any other denomination. By the way, you know denominations are a domination. Don't you know that? We're not a denomination. We're a movement. And I, I, I trust and pray we're a movement of the Holy Spirit. That's what I want. But every time he went to church, he said, I had a sermon prepared for you today, but the Lord changed it on the way down. And they got a few crumbs that lasted about seven minutes and it hardly made any sense. It didn't last two years. Dr. Colin Peckham says it's 99% perspiration and it's 1% inspiration. You put the work in and let God do the rest. Preparation. Whatever it is that that vision you have, whatever it is that purpose or plan that you want, that whatever it is that, that goal that you hope to achieve, put all into it. Listening to the voice of God, seeking the very heart of God, whether it's Bible class, whether it's Sunday school, whether it's youth club or youth fellowship, or whether it's the ministry in this church, make sure that you're hearing from heaven because God gives the word and great is the company that publishes it. That's good advice, isn't it? Don't do anything in a hurry. Don't do anything in a knee jerk. I was talking to somebody recently, one of the leaders, and he said, you like everything done yesterday? I said, aye. And I still like everything done yesterday. But I think of poor Joshua and Caleb. They spent 40 years in the wilderness. And they could have been in the promised land within a week and a half. Whilst I believe in being careful, sometimes God doesn't press this pause button. Sometimes God is for moving on. Moving on. The point is that God gave Joshua a new plan. Try it again and try it my way. God told Joshua to act immediately. Joshua had relied on men. Now he's been taught to rely on the Lord. Psalm 118, verse 8 and 9. I'm almost finished. It is better to trust. And I have another service at 3 o'clock down in the Cunningham. I'm, I'm, I'm just reading the scriptures at 3 o'clock, so there you go. I'd rather be preaching, but that's another thing. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in men. It's better to trust in the Lord than put confidence in princes. Which leads me to another point. Don't always think that the strategy of yesterday will work today. Don't think that the formula that was employed 50 years ago is the formula that we use now. Oh, yes, I am the Lord and I change not. But oftentimes God changes his methods and his modes to reach men of today. And whilst the message doesn't change, 
sometimes we have to think very seriously of how we're going about it. And another lesson that we can learn now that I'm on this vein, just because it's working down the road, or just because it's working in America, how to be, you, you, can buy, you can buy a whole host of books, How to Make Your Church Bigger. Well, I say, how about leaving up with the Lord? Not right. And by the way, I can take you back to seven months ago, and I can tell you that our motivation, our vision here is not to build bigger churches, but we want to build bigger men and women. And the things of God. And I'm sticking to that. We need to forget the copycat mentality. If it worked down there, it'll work here. Is that not taking authority and control from the Lord? Is it not? We need to be very careful, don't we? The last thing. The counsel from Joshua's failure. Failure need not be fatal. If we fail to learn from our mistakes, then it will be fatal. It's time to rise. It's time to get up. You might feel as if you're a failure of a father. Many of the time I felt like that in the past. But I've come to the conclusion that if you've done everything you can and you sought to bring them up in the ways of the Lord and you're still seeking to live by a principle and example, then my dear friend, get yourself out of the dock and leave them with the Lord. You might feel like a failure of a wife. You can't cook like your mommy cooked or his mommy cooked. Don't you dare compare your wife with your mommy. If you wanted your mommy, why didn't you stay with her? You can't, you can't do the work around our house the way my daddy did. Well, you know what I'm going to say next. You didn't marry your daddy. And maybe you're pretty glad you didn't. Don't waste your failures by failing to learn from them. Pick yourself up. Listen to God. Get back in the race. I'll tell you this story. A young footballer walked off the football field with his head in his hands. For a couple of days, thoughts of the missed penalty that could have won them the game never left him. He couldn't sleep. He couldn't find peace. And he, every morning he woke up, he thought it was a nightmare. And it was surreal that it didn't really happen. In spite of the loss, because they'd made it into the final, the city hosted an event to honor the team. The turnout was huge. Between 25 and 30,000 were there. The whole team attended. He tended to hide in the background, to linger without outside of notice. And then as the mayor of the city was given a speech, the name of this young footballer began to sound around the whole place. We want Scott. We want Scott. We want Scott. 
Scott remained behind his teammates. After all, he didn't know why the crowd were shouting for him. The chant grew in volume until the speaker had to stop. Scott's teammates pushed him to the front of the, of the stage. And when the fans saw him, they gave him a rousing ovation. He missed the kick, but they made sure that he was still part of the team and, began, and was so continually. You and I might have messed up. You might have missed the penalty. You're still part of the team. Don't let failure determine who you are. Don't let it define who you are. And don't let it direct the rest of your steps. AI would not have been defeated. The children of Israel would not have possessed the promised land if Joshua had disobeyed the voice of God and stayed put prostrate before in the ashes. Some of you might have fallen morally recently. And in a congregation this side, it's quite possible. What are you going to do with it? Are you going to let it define you? Are you going to let it be the inscription over your name? Fail morally will never be any good again. Pick yourself up. Push yourself into holiness. Take your hand by the hand of your heavenly father. And he knows that you may possibly fall. But he's there to hold your hand. He'd be like my wee Arthur. He'd be running around with a hand up in the air. In worship and in praise and in honor to a God who never gives up on his children. Let's bow together in prayer. Let's pray. Father, we believe you've been sensitively and you've been graciously speaking to us, Lord. We've heard your voice. We've been listening to what you've been saying. God, in this crowd of people, in the stillness of this meeting, we just, as it were, hidden in the crowd, we lift up our heart, we lift up our hand, we lift up our eyes, we lift up our confidence to you. And Father, we pray that you'll just lift us again and send us out of this place in victory. I wonder, are there any in this gathering would like me to specifically pray for you? And if you'd like to come forward for the prayer ministry at the end of the service, whatever it might be, would you lift your hand up and say, I would love prayer for my failure. I'd love prayer that God would meet with my heart. Would you lift your hand up now? Just raise it up where I can see it. And you need, need not come forward, but you can if you want. So God has been speaking to you. Has he, has he touched the raw nerve? Lift your hand now. If not, we're just going to close the meeting. Father, 
whatever is going on in hearts, we pray you be glorified, be exalted, get the victory, lift us out of the doldrums and the ashes of failure, and may we stride with confidence as kings and priests unto God. In Christ's name we pray, amen. We're going to sing our last song, Wonderful, Merciful Saviour. I didn't neglect to say that there are magazines on the foyer of the church called Contact. Uh, if, you don't get, if you haven't got it, please keep, pick up your a copy. They're free for you to take with you. Wonderful, Merciful Saviour, precious Redeemer and friend. We'll stand and sing together, please. Thank you. title for this evening's message is our triple a savior triple a maybe you've got triple a insurance but we've got a triple a savior let's pray together lord as we leave this place make us conscious lord help us not to lose anything of what you have been saying 
bring us, Lord, home with the determination that we're going to pick ourselves up, dust ourselves off, and get back in the fight again. For we ask it in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you so much. God bless.